0: on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. Happy Monday. How are you, my friend?
1: <laughs> Doing great. Kicked off uh, kicked off another week and, uh, you know, Having, having a good week already have you so,
0: adjusted uh, to the time change are you still kind of reeling from that does it seem like the show's coming on early what do you think it's
1: just I don't know well I I, I, I tell you what I went to bed early on Saturday night and uh, just to sort of prepare and uh, you know i I, I think uh, I was pretty much uh, already uh, in the groove as of, as of Sunday morning because I you know planned ahead that's that's the key right so
0: I guess that's the key we'll see I, that's what I never do <laughs> I'm always like, oh, what? All <laughs> oh, this thing? Oh, no. Great. Awesome. But here we are. Uh, you know, what? what's happened is we've been pushed an hour farther into the future. So we really got to bring our A game, I think, this week.
1: <laughs> well, you know, we don't even have to set the clocks forward anymore because, you know, what? Uh, I guess a very limited form of AI. You know, we, <laughs> Our phones do it for us. Our iPads do it for us. Our computers do it.
0: And yeah, it's like the, the microwave, the right? Fun. In my that's car, fun. I have to reset those. But yeah, no, yeah gotta no, do that. No place else. Yeah, just you know. Yeah. The, the other ones, they, they they take care of it. But uh, funny, you should mention AI because uh, we're going to talk a little bit tonight about breakthrough computer technologies, and AI is a big one. And also, we're going to talk a little bit of quantum computing with uh, with with the time we have available. We, I was looking through these stories, Stephen. Before we started the show, and it occurred to me that we could probably do a half hour or even an hour on any one of these stories so oh yeah yeah
1: we're, we're gonna we're these gonna are, be these are all good good stories yeah. and yeah. Uh, so we we'll, we'll we'll have to you know uh, check the show notes, folks, and go back to the original articles we'll do We'll do as much justice by each of these stories as we can in the limited time, but no that's right well we're we're, we're gonna touch
0: on the high notes hopefully for all of them. And, of course, when we talk about AI, we are picking up a discussion we've been having. You know, I can call back the individual shows, but the point is it's just been kind of an ongoing thing over the last few weeks. There's been so much talk about it, and we've found so many good resources pointing to our AI future. It just seems like we've almost – I don't know. Monday may turn into AI Monday, Stephen. I'm not saying it will because there's so many other topics, but it could at the rate we're going. It's, It's two weeks running now that we end up on AI on a Monday, and I read this AI 's PR problem, and I thought, well, this fits right in with this with this discussion we've been having because now now here's someone who's you know pushed it back in the other direction and says right. uh, everybody's all upset about nothing <laughs> AI's not that smart uh, the robots may be coming but they're not coming for us because there is no they machines are not people, and there's no persuasive in." Evidence that they 're on a path towards sentience, so it 's not the economic argument we 've uh, I think we 've settled that one, but it 's simply the um, they 're not that smart argument. Uh, this was on Facebook, and the headline that that showed through on Facebook was computers aren 't really intelligent because they just do what they 're programmed to do now the The headline in the actual piece I think uh, states it a little bit differently and, and and the author argues it a little bit differently from that. Uh, but I don't know, not that differently. Um, It it comes down to um, the fact that in his view, and this is, you know, a professor at Stanford who, (laughs) you know, this is not just some guy, Uh, someone who's given a good deal of thought to this, says that we've, you know, we've consistently oversold the idea of AI to the point that we've talked ourselves into it being something that it really isn't currently and maybe never will be. Um, Meanwhile, it, it it has a lot of potential. It offers a lot of promise. So let's quit spooking ourselves with it, and let's quit freaking out over it. And he even suggests that we should stop calling it AI. And what is he? He comes up with a clunky name for it. Oh, it's something like human human uh, mimicking technology. I can't remember what he calls it, and I'm not seeing it right in front of me. But 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 in the end, um, the idea is let's solve this PR problem, and then we can talk seriously about what AI can and can't. Do for us. So I don't know what, what did you what did you make of this piece?
1: Well, if I were to buy everything he's he's uh, he's put, putting forward here, and I, I would I could still manage to find something to be spooked about in this technology. Mm-hmm. Um, artificial intelligence doesn't have to be sentient to be scary. In fact, um, you know, uh, from an economic viewpoint, it kind of helps that you know AI is not sitting around being angsty. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, or having some, you know having a bad hair day or something. That's the reason it's better than us. And when it comes to things like doing our jobs, right? I mean, right. It, uh, it just sits there and does the work. If you know, and, and you know, maybe it's not all that smart, but if it's programmed well enough to do the uh, to do the work and think about nothing else but doing that all day long and perhaps all night long too, maybe twenty four seven. Whereas a person can't do that, wouldn't want to do that um then ai could still be spooky and that's if i buy everything he's he's putting forward here and i don't i don't yeah. i think that uh um that ai does uh, uh there, there is a cumulative effect of all these things he talks about the fact that well you know no ai program really is built upon the last where it's like we start over every time and you know it's all just sort of a hodgepodge mess but right. you know what? It still amounts to something at some point, and um, and I, I think that it's. I think he's understating what AI, how smart AI is. Number one, number two, even if he weren't, um, AI, the impact of AI will be profound. And so, yeah. I, a brilliant guy, uh, you know, obviously, uh, is uh, you know studies this field quite a bit. This is his, his livelihood, and it's an interesting point of view. But I. I, I don't buy it on either count. Uh, how about you?
0: I, I sh- we should mention, his name is Jerry Kaplan. I don't think we mentioned the author's name. So, this, And this was over in, okay. uh, if you followed the link. I, I don't think we have. Yeah. MIT Technology Review. Yeah, I, I'm on exactly the same page as you. Let me, let me just read a portion. He says, The AI program from Google that won a Go contest last year was not a refined version of the one from IBM that beat the world chess champion in 1997. The car feature that bleeps when you stray out of your lane works quite differently than the one that plans your route. Instead, the accomplishments so breathlessly reported are often cobbled together from a grab bag of disparate tools and techniques. It might be easy to mistake the drumbeat of stories about machines besting us at tasks as evidence that these tools are growing ever smarter, but that's not happening. Well, here's the problem with that, okay? When I read this, um, uh, often cobbled together from a grab bag of disparate tools and techniques, my question is, and how exactly did human intelligence evolve? Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah we're, <laughs> we are
1: cobbled together from a grab bag of, uh, of desperate tools and techniques, aren't we? I, I, um, you know,
0: I'm I'm not sure that the the fact that it's cobbled together and that the tools are fr- currently fr- from all over the place says much of anything about where it's going. Um, right.
1: And and, and, uh, and how do you define smarter if you don't, uh, uh, you know, you don't call you know what these things can do now smarter than it, than it was, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, ob- obviously, if, uh, if you looked at the state of AI in the mid-90s, which was barely there, right, uh, b- versus where we are now, can't you say that it's smarter? If you can't, then what is your definition of smarter? Yeah, I, I, um, yeah, part, I think part of it is saying I, that you, can, he's the you can't stench. say they're smarter because
0: it's apples to oranges, right? He says Go and chess uh, are two different games. But if yeah. you take, for example, a real common example we all deal with, a robocall. They are smarter today than they were, right? I mean, they just are. The, uh, the 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 AI intelligence is a lot better, and they fool me sometimes. Sometimes I think I'm talking to somebody for a minute longer than I, you know, than I than I would on one of the uh, one of the old school. So so I think you know it's like you can't compare Apple to storages. I think maybe you have to anyway. But even apples to apples, you know, it does AI does more than it did, right? The same applications do more than they used to. So how can you say they're not smarter?
1: I think that it, you, he must be defining smarter as more sentient, yeah. or something. Because yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't think that the uh, the uh, state of the art is any more sentient today than it was in the mid '90s. Perhaps, uh, you know, it's, uh, but it's certainly smarter. It, it, these things react to input better than they were, and they give you a more appropriate output than they used to. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that we can say they're smarter and uh, than they were before. So I, I just, I, I, don't, uh, I don't, I don't, don't agree. Uh, respectfully, I, I disagree.
0: Yeah, and in fact, maybe he will agree that they're smarter uh, when we accomplish what, what's discussed in the second story. Bill Gates, this will be the biggest technological breakthrough of our lifetime. Okay, so here's Bill Gates going full um, breathless, uh, you know, overselling AI. But what's he talking about here? He says the big milestone is when computers can read and understand information like humans do. And this is exactly what we were talking about from that panel discussion a couple of weeks ago that uh, Monica Anderson was was talking about. This idea of when you have an AI that can read and understand. We have an AI that can understand information that's coming in, you know, not just immediately begin processing it, but this Almost kind of nebulous idea of understanding information so that you can you can generally begin applying it to different tasks or to different kinds of questions or something like that you have you have made this leap forward into something resembling true artificial general intelligence or at least uh, true true intelligence. And the fact that if you read this story, you've got the biggest most powerful technology companies in the world beating down the door trying to make this happen right now. And they're making progress. As, as we discussed, um, in, in some ways, the real progress has been in the last few years ever since machine learning has really come on board. But they talk about uh, Google's DeepMind and Google brain. They talk about um, Microsoft that has a number of different projects. And of course, IBM has Watson. They're all working on this problem. When you solve that problem, Um, assuming that you you come to anything that even roughly resembles solving that problem, it seems to me, if you swing it back to that first story, you say, okay, well now you got to say they're smarter, right? If, if, (laughs) if, if, if an, if an AI can, can ingest information and understand information in, in something roughly analogous to, to what a human being does.
1: You know, and Facebook's working on it too. I mean, we, simple things like, uh, you know i i bring up uh you know bring up facebook and uh, there's a picture of you and your kids and and it asked me would you like to tag phil Bowermaster? well you know i mean it knows because it knows aspects of your face phil and right. uh and it, it's also making an inference based on my my uh friends list you know right um it, you know it it doesn't have to compare uh the, what what it's seeing in that picture with uh every person in the world just maybe my friends right right but it, it, it can tell, um, and it, you know that's and that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty tough thing for a computer. Uh, our our minds are, are are really built for the purpose of uh, distinguishing human features, and human faces, uh, and a machine has trouble with things like that. Or, or has that's a right. tough tough nut nut to crack for AI. But it, th- these things are getting better. And, you know, I just uh, got a
0: I just got an AT uh, excuse me uh, HP laptop. Uh, last week, brand new, and one of the cool features is a Windows machine. One of the cool features on it is you don't have to sign in. You can have it secured, but I don't have to type a password. Um, the camera comes on, it looks at me, it identifies my face, and says, okay, let's move ahead. Um, and yeah. what's What's really funny about that is um, the Clark Kent phenomenon. If I have my glasses on, it's like, sorry, you got to enter a password. I don't know who you are. It, it, it... <laughs> who are you? <laughs> You know, you change your hairstyle and and put a different uh, pair of glasses on, and it's like it's completely baffled. So (laughs) Clark uses Superman's computer, he's not getting on. He's
1: going to have to know the best. That's right. They go, hold hold up. You're not the man of steel. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Where's that little curly Q, uh, you know, uh, hair, you know, in front? What's with the glasses, kid? Yeah, (laughs) that's funny. But, uh, yeah, but these things are getting better and better.
0: Well, and it kind of goes to the discussion we had. Was it Friday of last week? I I I can't remember when it was. We we were talking about the new uh, uh, the the next the next generation of personal assistants, um, and the the leap forward they're making is context. And you know, those are very difficult concepts even to define understanding and context what do you mean by those you know what does it mean when a machine grasps context what does it mean when a machine grasps anything when it understands anything but but we're seeing we're seeing real progress in those directions you you, you start making those things happen and i think you've um you've you've answered the the question give you a a fictional
1: example i'd like to give a fictional example of what we're talking about here you know, in the in the end of the towards the end of the movie, The Avengers, um, uh, Tony Stark makes a decision that's probably going to cost him his life. Okay, he uh, mm-hmm. he's going to he's going to go after that missile and take it through the breach, right? Uh, right. And uh, right back to the aliens. Going to take take that missile to the aliens rather than allow it to destroy New York City. And um, and Jarvis comes on and and in a um, very somber voice says, would you like me to call Pepper? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Tony says, yes, please. And, of course, it attempts to reach Pepper. Pepper's not, you know, is glued to the news at the moment and missed and Tony Stark's girlfriend, by the way, for anyone
0: listening. who's Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. Sorry about yeah.
1: that. So, yeah, I mean, so that's what we're talking about. What if we have personal assistants that, you know, know the context of the situation, know how serious something is that's going down and offers to reach your loved one? You know, right. Or, right or, or, you know, things like that that's what we're talking about and uh i you know i we don't have that yet but i don't i don't think that you know we're we're uh, 100 years from that or 50 years from that or or 20 years from that i think we're 10 years from that yeah. and uh and and it's uh um it's uh, you know obviously i don't think once we have access to that we are going to i mean every one of us will have it it's it's going to be one of those things it's just it, and that's the killer app it's the it's, it's it's having a caring companion that also is beyond helpful because <laughs> it has access to everything all knowledge right and uh um, that's that's i think we're we're going to we're going to all adapt it yeah i mean that knows you as well as
0: you do knows you in some ways yeah. better better than you do um I, I mean we we get spooky little glimpses of that kind of thing just from you know, Google assumes things based on our behavior. Facebook does. Amazon does, you know.
1: <laughs> uh, Amazon sometimes freaks me out. You know, I'm, I'm <laughs> thinking about buying something, and, uh, you know, I, I'm logging to Amazon, and it gives me that suggestion. What? Yeah. How, how did you know that? You know, so, yeah, it's, uh, uh, these things are getting better. And, well, I always uh, think it's weird. Like, when I look at a product on Amazon,
0: and later I'm, I'm browsing, uh, and, and Google ads start popping up for that item. Or something similar yeah. to it. You know, it's like, oh, right. you guys are all talking to each other. You're freaking me out here. It's like, <laughs> i mind your own business for a while, geez. Um, but um, the, the question is, what um, substrate, what kind of device will Jarvis, right, will that assistant live in? And that's where this next story becomes very interesting. When they talk about the future of AI is neuromorphic. Um, Digital brains for your phone. What's really interesting about this is because you would think that if you're going to have this ultimately intelligent agent working on your behalf, that even just to have that kind of processing power and to know everything it knows it would have to be in the cloud. Well, that's there's some problems around that. There's there's problems around ultimately. I mean, Stephen, you've talked many times about how you consider a good part of your intelligence to be in Google, right? That you know, it's like <laughs> we we we, yeah. we have I mean, we have this, you know, these parts of ourselves that are now in the digital realm. It's like, well, yeah, but if you put them on the cloud, you see what happens to the information on the cloud, right? I mean, you, you see what happens when you're yeah. uh, when when you're sharing over the whole world, well the whole the whole world the whole world knows. There's there's privacy and security issues around Having yourself distributed that way, not saying that that th- those agents will never take that form, but this is an interesting alternative to that and Here they talk about the neuromorphic chip it, basically, this is a CPU that is out of this world in terms of the the amount of processing power that it's able to deliver to the to the point that you can have a very powerful AI running within a smartphone, Okay, not not sitting on a server someplace and you're accessing it from there, but actually sitting there on your phone. So you can actually have your, your assistant on your device. And that distinction doesn't sound, you know, I think for a lot of people that would just be completely transparent. They would never think about that anyway. I think most people probably think Siri is on their phone, right, if they think about it at all. But that's a big difference, and yeah. there, there, there's two things that are really exciting to me about that. One is that that's a possibility, um, uh, just just from a standpoint of it, it seems like th- th- that device is then in a position to become much more you-centric rather than, what can I sell you centric, right? It's going to be, it's actually going to become your advocate and become your friend because it's sitting there on your device working for your, you know, that's its perspective, working for your interests rather than working for the commercial interests of where the server sits or or, or any of the rest of that kind of stuff. And the other thing that's exciting is just that that much processing power really exists and really can sit on a device like that because that's a big
1: leap forward, isn't it? Well, what if if we... uh, uh, you know, had our own servers in our own homes. You know, if 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 uh, if let's let's imagine that we want Jarvis to be as smart as Jarvis, and and find that that just simply can't be done on our cell phones. But that, again, we we want the privacy, we want the security, and uh, we, you know, uh, a device the size of a normal personal computer in our own homes plugged in could give us the processing that we need, perhaps. Um, and and uh and that you know our phones are then paired with something like that over some sort of secured network, yeah, perhaps we could perhaps we could do that if if uh if we find that we there's just simply not enough room on a cell phone to 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 have this smart personal assistant, perhaps we can have uh, the equivalent of a server farm in in a small in a smaller device that can you know plug in and plug it in and put it in your closet and forget about it right uh, right right maybe something like that, so I don't know. It's possible. Um, But again, working
0: for your interest, right? Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, Also, just just the idea of of something that powerful is really – it it, it makes you almost kind of dizzy. They say that one neuromorphic chip made by IBM contains five times as many transistors as a standard Intel processor, yet consumes only 70 milliwatts of power. So you know how things keep getting smaller and faster. You you can just imagine – uh, you know, cranking out that kind of power on the phone, even if you don't need it for your personal assistant AI. Um, just imagine the power that's going to bring to the oh, smartphone. Yeah. We don't we don't have GPUs running on our smartphones yet, um, and we know that those are a, uh, this this big leap forward in in terms of processing power and and being able to do machine learning and artificial intelligence, you take it to this next step. These, uh, I'm sorry, I've lost the word now, uh, neuromorphic. Gems. Neuromorphics. It's, it's, yeah, yeah it's, it, it's one step one step even beyond that. Um, I, I like what it says here. The quote is, imagine a Siri that listens and sees all of your conversations and interactions. You'll be able to ask it for things like, who did I have that conversation about doing the launch for our new product in Tokyo? Or what was that idea for my wife's birthday gift that Melissa suggested? This is veering very much in the direction you were just describing. Right. Right. It's it's paying attention. Right?
1: <laughs> you know. Well, which is and, and a, we don't a very want, hard thing to but we do. Don't want, yeah, we don't want Amazon paying attention. Right. Um uh, yeah. not, not like that. Um but uh you know, if it's again, if it's our if it's our own Jarvis, uh then yeah, I mean pay attention. All the time. You know, yeah. I mean we want we want you to you know to to be there and be able to uh to work for us at a, at a moment's notice and have the context of, of your entire life to, to draw from. Right, that's powerful. That is powerful. There.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, now we're going to shift gears slightly because we're, we're still we're still talking about AI, or at least we're, we're still talking about processing power. I guess we're, we're kind of we've, we've rounded the corner here on that story because that was AI on processing power. Now we're going to talk about the big processing power news this was all over the place this week in fact i actually linked two stories here um although they really talk about the same thing just because i I liked the the wired.com headline so much but the, the stories here are ibm to build quantum computers selling machines millions millions of times faster than anything made before so even even leaving your neuromorphic chips in the dust. Everything gets left in the dust by the quantum computer, and then the wired story. The race to sell true quantum computers begins before they really exist. Um, oh, yeah. for, for one thing, doesn't that seem completely appropriate for a quantum computer? Right? That uh...
1: <laughs> <laughs> do they exist or do they not? Who cares? We're, talking, we're Yeah, exactly. You know, it's
0: yeah, it's a Heisenberg sales model cover. right there. Yeah, you know, yeah, the, we, we, we will bill problem. you. If it ever uh comes into existence, okay, we'll open the box right. and you'll see if you have a computer inside If you do, you owe us money if not uh it's, it's all good <laughs> you don't <laughs>
1: that's hilarious well it's um I, you know i I read another story, and I'm not sure that you linked it here in the show notes uh phil but uh the reason why i b m is so um you, you know positive that they're on the right track is interesting. Um, what they have been, uh, been able to do with a uh, tunneling microscope is they're actually laying down at the nano level uh, carbon uh, molecules. I mean, carbon, excuse me, carbon atoms, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, they are they're building um, a, they are able to, with this tunneling microscope, they can actually pick up and place um, basically an impossible uh, thing in, in nature. Uh, they're, and they're building um what, I'm, I'm at a loss for uh, the carbon nanotubes, but in, in a flat sheet, okay? Oh, uh-huh. it's just graphene. It's graphene, is what it is, okay? And it's it's perfect graphene, and from that they're 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 building their quantum computer, and they 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 feel so confident that they are they can produce what they're commercially what they're uh, uh, what you know that they're actually telling software uh, you know software developers begin building the applications for this machine now. Even though they don't have the machine yet, but they—they, they, you know, it's—it's it's a little bit like uh, the called shot. You know, when um, Edison started working on uh, the light bulb, uh, people started selling gas stocks, right? I mean, right. Hey, gas, gas lights going away. Uh, Edison's working on the light bulb. Well, you know, turns out they were right. They were just that confident that uh, he'd be able to pull it off. Well, that's that, IBM is 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 feeling pretty confident, I would seem. Yeah, and that and they uh, they do
0: to their credit they do have that uh, uh what is it like 5 qubit machine up there in the cloud that you can access so right. so they have been offering have so. kind of an open source miniature baby scaled down uh quantum computing solution for i don't know it's been a year at least i think maybe a couple of years now that they've uh, that they've been making that available and what they what they're doing what they're doing now is they're just publishing standards around Two, three, four, five generations down the road from that technology, right? They're saying we're, we're going to have machines up to 50 qubits, which the processing power of that, literally, not literally, figuratively, could make your head explode. Just to think about it, your head would explode if it tried <laughs> to process at that level. I mean, it, it just—you're um, you, you're talking about—you're talking about processing power beyond everything that currently exists on Earth right, in that one machine, if, if, if they do that, unless I'm misunderstanding the math. Um, so, yeah, why don't we start building software? Because once we have these, we're going to need software. That's, that's kind of the trick, is we're going to need, you know, there's some, there's some problems that quantum computers address really well, some problems that they're not great at. Um, for the particular applications that quantum computers are going to address, let's start getting the code line down. Let's start, you know, let's start specking out these systems and also let's start figuring out ways that we can make quantum computers do things that we never even thought they could do. Um, th- and these are all things that might get solved in software before the hardware is even running. Uh, you know, it's like they're, they're, they're selling right. quantum computers. People are programming quantum computers before they exist. Um, it, it well, we, you we of, did the
1: same thing with, uh, if, if, if you recall, that uh, the first uh, computer uh, software the person who's recognized as the uh, as the first writer of uh, of software actually did it before she had a computer to write it to. Uh, well, I and and I, for the life of me, I'm sorry, I, I wish I could remember her name, but uh, Ada Lovelace, uh, you're talking about, yeah, that's who I'm talking about. Yep. That's right, and uh, and and she gets she gets credit for being the first programmer, first computer programmer, and and she did it based on a theoretical understanding of computers, and yep. but what she wrote. Would would work in a modern computer. Yeah, so.
0: I I I remember years ago I was working in Russia with uh, some Americans and some Germans and we were putting this phone company together in uh, Nizhny Novgorod in Russia and the Germans were all there from the billing system company and we were there from the phone company side of the thing and we you know we were, we were sitting you know kind of stepping through what this system was supposed to do and these guys were telling us. <laughs> what it actually did do and you know some of the americans were getting a little bit heated and one of the one of the german engineers old guy you know obviously had seen it all and he said i he said i i don't know how else to tell you this other than this gentlemen it is possible to market that which does not exist it is possible to sell that which does not exist it is even possible to buy that which does not exist but what I cannot do is install that which does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, this, this wise and grizzled old. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, it's just like, yeah, okay, we, yeah, that 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 makes sense, you know. So hopefully. <laughs> Uh, IBM avoids that problem. You know they're marketing it, they're yeah. selling it, some people are going to buy it. Uh, people are writing programs for it. Let's hope that it gets to the point where it can actually be installed and people actually
1: implement and have there, them up and running. There is a there is a tendency, I think, to uh, overpromise in the short run and then under uh, anticipate the long run.
0: I'm telling you this, if they sell a quantum
1: computer with fifty qubits, it's going to be huge okay It's a big uh, if if
0: If they can't install it, it's going
1: to be very big. The type of maybe I'm the type of something. applications that this would be, that that a quantum computer could do phil i I'm a little fuzzy on what a quantum com- computer will do that the traditional computers have never been very good at I, I think maybe one of the applications is, uh, that I've heard of is that uh uh weather forecasting yeah, weather for- I, weather is such a complex thing that traditional computers don't do it all that well as far as prediction, but a uh, quantum computer probably would be orders of magnitude better at. Um, is that an example? That yeah,
0: in, encryption, you know, when they talk about blockchain and we talk about these whole economies built around these kind of encrypted technologies, there's just the whole applications there that are uh, the, the kind of hard to get your head around. You know, there are hard problems in programming that have prevented certain kinds of applications from coming into existence because our processors aren't smart enough to handle the math, and those
1: problems right. go away. Uh, like, it's like th- yeah, there's, there, are, there are problems, there are math problems for which your computer could run till the end of time, to the heat right. death of the universe, and not come up with an answer for that a quantum right. computer could return to us pretty quickly. Exactly. Um, that's yes, we're we're going to
0: have to pick that up on another show. Maybe next Monday will be Quantum Computer Monday, right? We'll, we'll give it its due. <laughs> and uh, spend, spend a little extra time talking about those applications. But this has been fun. Um, a, a little bit yeah. of AI, a little bit of quantum computing, just enough to kind of whet your appetite. But Wednesday, we're going to talk about that. Most important of all computer processors, we're going to talk about some weird brain stuff. So hope you'll all be able to join us for that. Great talking with you, Stephen. Great being with you all. We will be back with a brand new show on Wednesday and check out our archive show tomorrow. Until next time, live to see it.